Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Now lean in and enjoy. In closing, I am watching Travis push 20 Roberts onto that bull was one of the funniest moments I've ever seen. And uh, I asked God for daily if I could witness it again. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to shoot through what is quite a lot of things. I want to share a quote with you that I stumbled upon. It's from a guy named John Falconer, and it says this, I have but one candle of life to burn, and I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than a land flooded with light. And, and I don't know about you, I did a race last weekend, my first soccer race, and everyone told me how hard the last 10Ks were, so I just went easy for the first 60. And I got the last 10, I finished, I was like, flip, I could have gone a lot harder. I'd hate to finish life that way, knowing I had a lot more to give, knowing I had a lot more opportunities, knowing that actually there was a far bigger story, but I saved it up just in case I needed the reserves at the end. And as a local church, we're saying, actually, why I do vision is because God's calling us and pulling us into his big story. The church isn't our big story. It's like God said, now we're going to put some leaders and they're going to come up with a vision and, and that's going to get excited. No, we are in his big story. It's not our big story and our role and part is to get stuck in, to give the life that he gives to us and to trust him that on the other side of giving that life is life because he is the source of life. It's not the church, it's not the activities, it's not the moments, it's not events, it's Jesus and him and him alone. Our greatest vision is him, but when we keep our eyes on him, he pulls us into a big story. So why gather and have a moment like Vision Sunday? Because I was a part of a church for 20 years. You know why I was a part of a church for 20 years? Because I knew we were on a mission. And I saw people making radical decisions for Jesus. And I saw people coming into the story, finding Jesus and entering into a bigger story because the vision was a big one. We wanted to touch the ends of the earth and we were naive enough and had enough belief in Jesus and his gospel that we could do that. And I saw people plant churches across nations in foreign lands. I saw a guy plant a church with his whole family into Canada. He'd never even been there. The first time he went there was, the, was when he planted a church. And I'm going, there's something radical. I don't know about you, but I, I've got one life to live and I've got one flame. I want it to shine in this world. There's no point saving it for heaven. And so we get to live this life on earth, and we get to partake in a story. So taking this moment, actually, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, a people without vision perish. We're a church. We can't just stumble. Well, we do what churches do. We, we do the liturgy. We, we do the moments. We'll have a few baptism moments, and then we're done for the year. Now, God wants to speak to us and challenge us and call us to bigger stories all the time. Plus, as a local church, I, I have a family. We have some things that we do that other families don't do, but we do them because we feel that's who we are. As a local church, we want to restate the identity and the purpose of who we are as a local church so that you as a partner, we don't use the language members. We don't have any members in Life Changes. If you think you're a member, you're not. You're a partner. We get to partner in the story. We get to partner with God, and we get to partner with each other in a local church story, and that is exhilarating. And lastly is that it's not our purpose, and it's, it's many other plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's His purpose. The local church, it's His purpose. The dreams, the plans, the, 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 the desires that are birthed in this place, it's His purpose. So we're really, really excited 
by that. And, and you know what? Gabe showed a whole bunch. I'm not going to spend a whole bit of time on that. But last year, God spoke two words to us. He said, would you pioneer again? And that was when we had these boards done and God was speaking to us because on our hearts and on the agenda and God had spoken, we planted a church. Life changes. We planted a church. Those people that you saw in a video with, well, I mean, half of it was Gabe, so you couldn't really see the people. It was, I mean, it was a lot of you, eh? In that, we could have, oh, it was okay, but we could have had more people. But I'm just saying, next time. And, um, but it's amazing. I met, I met amazing people who've got stuck in and found community and found life and found family and found a big story. And there's a lady who came to church for the first time on the launch of that Sunday, drives from West Beach, past us every Sunday morning because her family meets in Milnerton. They just happen to be called Life Changes Milnerton. And I'm going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We believe in church planning. We believe in multiplying. We believe in the big story of the gospel. But here's the thing when we talk vision, and it's really, really important. That we've said it, and I've said it since the day I arrived here, that where Jesus is, where the gospel is preached, there is multiplication and there is growth. There has to be growth. Where Jesus is, there's life, and where there's life, there's growth. But here's the thing. We don't focus on growth. We focus on health because healthy things grow. Healthy Christians step into more. Healthy Christians believe Jesus. Healthy Christians are prepared to sacrifice because they know on the other side of their sacrifice is a faithful king. We want healthy people. But what happens when Jesus is in a story is there's growth and there's life. And we so celebrate that. Even this meeting and the stories of what Jesus is doing, we absolutely celebrate that. And we trust Jesus in that story as we move forward. So we planted a church, and, and it was crazy in some respects, because we sent, there's a whole, you, wouldn't, you might not believe me, but there's a whole bunch of people who really love this guy, probably more for his wife. But on the Sunday morning, like, flip, you sent out our redhead. So funny, we love that guy. And you know what? It actually, it was hard. For me personally, to see some my partner and, and someone I can banter with, and we can, it's actually, they must go plant. And actually, we've got to get on with the job here, because there's a story here. There were some hard aspects of some of the people who released who were vital in serving teams and kids and all this. But a sacrificing people will see God on the other side of their sacrifice. And will see faith and will see God doing stuff. And then what we didn't expect is in the middle of the year, Wally and Shirley who planted this church. And, and they moved here. They, they came and said, part of this pioneering thing has gripped us and God is calling us to another story. At 24, 28,000 feet, Wally Spear shared this dream with me. And, and we, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, we released Wally and Shirley. Actually, our best. Our best. We've sent our best. We've sowed our best. Because God said, would you pioneer again? Yeah. And Wally and Shirley are in their car to different churches every week, pioneering again. But I want to tell you, as a local church, being a part of that is exhilarating. I look at Pioneer again, I see the growing numbers of people serving. That's, I don't think that number is 288 serving on every Sunday, but that's people serving in the life of the church. Is that right? And, and, um, but, but people serving. For me, I get, I get amazingly excited when people start serving because I know when you put people in community, you put people in a serving story, I see growth. I've been a part of church leadership for 20 years. I'm telling you where people make decisions to serve and scrub toilets. I know we laugh about it, but that's a medical doctor choosing to scrub a toilet that she didn't have to. Why? Because she believes that hospitality means welcoming and is a spirit-filled gift. It's incredible. It's life-transforming. It's nation-changing. And um, we refocus back on life groups, and we're up to a number, almost of 30 life groups in the life of the church. And again, it's huge.
because it's so about growth and health. But I want to feedback on one area where we extended ourselves in a community. It's something called sowing in summer. And at the end of last year, we felt to call a community in tough economic times, in a tough economic space and zone, where we know people are going to say, God has called us to be a sowing generous people, to taking our eyes beyond ourselves for the future into the story. And we want to feedback this morning, firstly, to say thank you. Thank you for being a generous people. Thank you for getting stuck in. Thank you for sacrificing. If it was five rand, 50, whatever the number is, it doesn't matter. Thank you for being a people who will keep extending ourselves because God is calling us to a bigger story. And I want to share some of how we're spending that money. And we plan to spend the money. I've been away, so we waited for finances to come in. And we, we've, as an elder, we sat, eldership team, we sat down, we said we had two big goals here. One was to invest and sow into the future of the mission of the local church, this local church, and how we do that. And the other one was to sow beyond ourselves. And we do both of these things all the time, but we felt a call to do this at this time. So sowing into our future mission, the first one is table view, this site, and some of the alterations needed. This building is working incredibly well, but in the morning, if you saw some of the photos, we are really jammed. Our last Sunday morning, Tyler told me there were only 30-something seats available in the whole church. And what that meant is actually it's not about that. It's about hosting people well. It's about the fact that someone who's looking for family comes in and there's no seats for them. It's a challenge. When they come in and it's pushy and, and, and there's no parking for them. So we're saying we have to alter this building a little bit to host people better. And that's been on the agenda for a while and a few other things have taken priority. This is the year. <laughs> this is the year. And so we're using some of the finances for the, the alterations, at, for the plans, and we want to sow some of that into that. But Milton have planted a church and every week there's a ritual. Smack the sound desk three times this side, twice on this side, and pray in tongues over it and it works. And um, the guys laughing are from Milnerton. And, um, and, and we said, actually, that's not good enough. So we're buying a new sound desk as part of sewing in some of the money giving. And we just want to feed it back because that's incredible. We've already invested in kids and, and, and the kids' facilities. Go have a look. If you don't know, on a Sunday morning, there's probably about 100, 120, depends on a Sunday. Anyway, kids in this facility at the back there and over these rooms here. And we want to host people. If you look after people's kids, it's amazing how open their heart becomes to the gospel. It's, it's an amazing thing. So we've spent some money there already. And, um, and then we want to take some money and invest in, in some of the people in need in our community as well. Now, we do all of these things all the time. But I'm just feeding back on this money that this was a specific offering. And I think it's really helped for us to know so that we can partner. We're partners. There's no... Honestly, when we talked about finances last year, October, we put all of our advertised how we spend all the money. We're going to do it again this year. It's, there's no secrets in the story. And that's 50% of what was given. On the other side, we want to give beyond our borders. And the first one, we invest in social justice. It's one of our four pillars, but we have two vehicles that we are, are a part of the life of the story. The first one is a Recycle Swap Shop which maybe some of you don't know, but Rian Maria, along with a few other people, um, uh, the Ivana Fakidi's clan and others have been involved in for many years. And they go and they collect recycling in areas of the city. They've had four or five stations at different times. Started in Danoon, but it's in Philippi and a couple of other areas. That recycling is bought. It's, it's collected. They bring coupons. And what is purchased, they get coupons to go and purchase food, clothing, items for babies. And it's a job. And it's incredible. And we want to invest in them. We also want to invest in, in, in Site 5 and the ministry into Site 5 and Danoon that is not just food handouts. It's reading rooms now. 
and Jen has left the corporate job to go full-time into that space. We want to back that and bless that. And lastly, we want to sow into church planning. We planted a church, but we want to keep sowing into church planning. So that's how the money will be spent. 50% outside of us, completely out of the 50% given to people within our community or mission within our community. Is that cool? Can we thank God for that? Because that is so exciting. And um, that was terrible. Come on. And I want to jump now just into something of our future as we look forward. We've got four lenses that we review. And I'm not going to teach about them now. We're going to speak about them next couple of weeks. The first one, a passion for God. The second one, reaching the unreached. The third, discipleship. And the fourth, social justice. These are just lenses through which we view how we vision the church, how we trust God in the story, and how we're moving forward. There are many options for that. Those are four we felt God speak to us two years ago. They don't change every Vision Sunday. What's the vision this year? We're going to turn the church around. No, we don't need to get clever. God has spoken. We want to come with what He's already spoken and hear what He's saying to us now. But we do feel that there are a few things for this next year that God has spoken to us. And it looks a little bit like this. God spoke, and I think it's a word, and we're going to preach this over the next few weeks, that God is calling us to behold and be bold. That it starts with beholding Him. And beholding Him is undivided attention. To behold God is a decision. It's not an option. It, we don't just stumble into it. It's not a language we use often. Even in our common Bibles in the NIV, it's only used about eight times. But in the King James, it's used about 1,600 times. This word, behold. It's a powerful word when we make a decision to behold God. And as a community, we will behold Him again undivided attention. But here's what happened when men and women behold God and they face to face with the King of Kings. Boldness comes. Boldness is not a character attribute. Boldness is not a personality type. Boldness is a fruit of encountering the King of Kings. And we want to speak into that and share that. But that has translated into some of the things that we feel God is calling us to. And to share a couple of those things as I have to speed through quite a lot here. Are you with me? Am I speaking very fast? Good. The first one. Here I'm watching you, Zanda. I'll sort you out. But. The first one is, is a care strategy. That we feel God is calling us to care for our people, see growing numbers of people, bring pressures. Life groups is part of that, but actually God is calling us to have a care strategy for the church. And we're going to speak about this in the weeks to come as God is unfolding it. But we, but we want to create systems and a life. Right now, you know what? This church has so 700 people on a Sunday, two full-time elders. One or two pastors. And if we have a philosophy that actually, if anyone needs help, they've got to run to the pastor and a theological belief, because that's a belief in practice, we're missing what I believe the gospel calls us to, which is a releasing of the priesthood, that there are multiple pastors in this community. Yeah. Some are teachers, some are business people, some are mothers. But there are multiple pastors, and our job is to, write, to release and raise, release and raise, make sure that there's a multiplying of gifts, equipping of gifts, which is a two-way street. It's letting go of some old philosophies and understanding. And yes, it doesn't mean I'm not going to pastor, or Gabe's not pastoring. That's not what we're fighting for. We're fighting for a greater effectiveness. We need an army of carers because we believe God has called us to care for the people He sends us and for the city. And I think we're doing okay. I don't think we're doing great if I'm being honest. 
And so we need to understand it, get back before God and say, God, we want to care for people really well. So the care strategy is high, high on our list. And central to that is, is a belief and understanding, and if you don't know what this means, relax. But the priesthood of all believers. It's not about the man of the hour with the power. It's about a people who are living stones. You see the world changed. So that's the first thing. The second thing is we want to raise and release leaders. We want to make it uncomfortable for people to stay where they are. Is that right? You've been saved for 10 years and you're happy and you're comfy. My job as a leader is not to keep you comfy. My job is to make you slightly uncomfortable because there's more in God for you. And, and we want to create a culture. And this year we're creating more forums to raise and release leaders. There's a new forum that we created. was on the calendar for this Thursday. We want to give one more month just so we can focus and refine it. But where we would say on a Thursday night once a month, come, we're going to speak about leadership. Not leadership in the church. Leadership in the kingdom of God. Business people, mothers, whatever space you find yourself. Teachers, pioneers. We need people pioneering. And we need leaders to be doing that. Following on from that, life groups. And I'm not going to speak too much about this, but if you want to grow, I'm convinced it happens in smaller groups. This is great. And rows are important. And there's precedent in the word for this. But there's also precedent for Jesus taking 12 guys and walking dirty streets with them for three years. And we've got to sit and we've got to say, we've got to walk together, we've got to talk together, and we've got to have meals together and encounter the king together and partner together. Then the table view extensions, I've already mentioned that, but that's on for this year. The last one for 2017 is a city focus. We want to influence the city. Who are we to say we're going to influence the city? I don't know, just a son of God. Just sons and daughters who believe that their father is the king of kings. And because of that, we can impact a nation and a, from this base. I believe that much. That he wants to use us to impact the city. It's going to look like maybe social justice is the frame of reference, or maybe it's business people rising up and giving employment. It's all of it. But we're going to be a part of that story. So that's 2017. Is that exciting? But in closing, you can start counting now, Gabe, for next year's record. Is that, you got it? Tyler, okay. 2020, we went to as an elders who said, could we be audacious enough to look ahead four years and say, what could God maybe do in four years? I'm astounded by what God has already done in three years. The people he's added, the stories, the cultures he's shifting and changing. I'm so grateful to God. It's got nothing about us. We said God changes leaders. It's not about the people. It's about more land and more glory for him. So we're saying if we look four years ahead with the people God is adding and the stories unfolding, could we be audacious enough to dream a bit? The first thing, we want to be a part of an advancing story. What does that mean? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I think it could mean maybe God's calling us to plant another congregation. And maybe that could be in an area that we're not expecting it. Maybe a different demographic area. Maybe a, a different story. God is adding, we have home groups and life groups from Malkbos on every beach along the way through to camp, through to town. And we have people driving through the church from Camps Bay. I'm saying, God, all I want to do is be someone who knows how to watch where your life is. We, we, we're not trying to force God's hand. God, we're going to go here. Going to go to Milton. You better come. As best as we know how as leaders, the life of God was on that story. There were people driving through. 
They drove past their neighbors. Every time they invited their neighbor, the neighbor said, where? Table? No, we don't go that way. We go towards town. So we said, we want to impact an area for Jesus. And so we're just trusting God in advancing story. Maybe this is part of who we are. That multiplying, it's not about building bigger venues. I'm a little bit anti building bigger venues. Really. We can release. We can multiply. You know what Milton has done for us? It's allowed us to advance. It's allowed us to release more worship leaders. We've had to. We've had to release more preachers. We've had to risk with more people. We've had to release people to lead serving teams and advance. It's awesome. It comes with the tensions of being an advancing story. We want a care center on the plans for this building next door, this whole land next door. Every time you drive past it, pray, God, give us that land. Can I ask you to do that? We need that land. Because there are plans already done for a care center to be built. It'll look like a, a, a center for the area with health and all sorts of care facilities on it that will benefit the area beyond ourselves. And I feel like God calling courage again, say, in four years, could God give us a land and build on it so we can change our city? Just asking God. Again, it's His will, His purpose that prevails. We need more life groups. We put a number as an eldership team. We're sitting down. We need 75. We need 50 now. We've got 30-ish. But we probably need 75, if not more. Why? Because we believe that when people gather in small groups, life happens. It's not a church growth strategy. It's a church health strategy. If it leads to growth, then that's cool. Lastly, we want to release materials. Gabe and a team have got together and we've Produce materials for life groups, and all of a sudden we've had church leaders phone and say, "Could we use that in our life in our church?" We're going really from little life changes in Tableview and Milton, and God wants to release resources to resource churches, and maybe God's calling us to do that. And maybe part of resources, it looks like Lee and Kelly and and Michelle and and Mpele and others writing songs, Jono, that we can put on a CD and get out and serve the nation. And Chris, come with a little lead on the electric there. What do you say, buddy? Yeah, I'm seeing a nod. And lastly, to have a city influence. To me, leadership is influence. The gospel is the most influential message on the face of the earth, and we've got it. It's ours. To give, to send, to release, to pour out. I want to be a part of an influential story. I'm not trying to be a name in the city. We're not trying to build superstars. Honestly, if we did, we wouldn't have planted a church and given other pulpits. We would have just got bigger. And we're trying to build an influence for Jesus and His kingdom. And I think we've got to put some markers under the ground and say, what could that be? If you're burning for that, if you're saying, I want to be a part of city transformation, if you're a business person or a nurse or someone who just loves orphans, Come and tell us and become part of a story that says, how do we become part of that? I would love to start a format of somewhere along the line where we talk about influencing our city. We just gather and we dream. We trust God in the steps. So that is Vision 2020. It's not super clear. There's a whole bunch of ifs and buts and a whole bunch of only if God does. But that's okay. Why do we do this? Because those faces and those stories, stories like Serana and Tracy, finding traction in Jesus and moving forward and, and, and stories like young people stepping into more and more of God. Why? Because the people who are going to be a part of pioneering into the city, maybe right now, they're in drug dens. Maybe right now, they're messed and life is hopeless. But when we keep holding on to Jesus, the vision of the gospel, and we remain in that posture, 
I think we'll see amazing things. The local church is the hope of the world. It's never changed. It's never been plan B. It's always been God's plan A. Always, always, always. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your partnering. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. For Vision 2020 to happen, we need to keep doing more of the same and trusting God for greater measures in the days to come. We love you, and we really just wanted to say thank you at this time, and let us pioneer to a great future as we behold and be bold in that story. Amen.